Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I'm so glad that you guys joined us today. I am always, and I'm grateful when I hear from people out in the you know, greater Sacramento area, that they listened to the show, that they got something out of it. I try to have guests on here that are involved with the mission and and loyal to the cause of Christ. And, you know, I was just thinking about it, and my two guests here who were on last week may not even know this because I don't know if I've ever really talked about it before, but this studio— this desk, this mic is the very first time that I ever showed up at KFIA. Henry Wells was doing pastor to pastor, and he had asked if I'd come on the show. And after that, Henry and I became friends. I mean, we'd, we weren't really going out to dinner, going over to each other's house, but I considered him a friend and a kind man. And he told me <laughs> that first time, now, my job is going to be to keep you talking. And I said, Henry, I'm a Southern Baptist pastor. Your job is going to shut me up. <laughs> so, and now after 900 shows being on the air here, I still am uh, grateful for Henry Wells' encouragement and his kindness. Uh, he He got excited during the interview and Afterwards, he said, that was great, and it was a huge encouragement to me. And uh, if you knew Henry Wells, he was a fine, kind man who loved Jesus Christ. So at any rate, I was just sitting here looking at the control panel and thinking that I was sitting right where you are, Francie. So you've—oh, yeah, Kim. I have a question for you. Sure. You started as a volunteer at the Union Gospel Mission. Is that correct? Yes, I started probably, uh, Vince Harris could probably remember better, but I'm going to guess. I've been at the mission for almost 19 years, and I think we were doing it about 15 years before that. Wow. So uh, I, we would come down with the church once uh, a month on a Saturday. And uh, so you guys out there know, last week Francie said that you know, she had determined on her way down the first time she was coming down as a volunteer to do whatever it took and to take whatever it took and not to be surprised. I'm sure she probably was surprised at times, but I had the same experience. And so I'm coming down with this church and, uh, I know this sounds horrible, (laughs) but I thought to myself, I'm not used to being around homeless people. I was a tradesman at the time, and I pastored a church for 23 years, and I (laughs) I was coming down there, and I thought, whatever it takes, if they want to shake my hand, I don't care how dirty it is, I'm going to shake it. And so the first time that I'm delivering a message, I'm talking to this couple, they've been out on the street. They're a little raggedy, and I'm praying with them, and tears are rolling down their face, and now tears are rolling down my face, Uh, Mm -hmm. and at the end, they both threw their arms around me, (laughs) (laughs) and I remember kind of looking up thinking, funny, Lord, 
(laughs) (laughs) And it seemed like every time I was there preaching a message, somebody wanted to hug me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was was fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get past those things. You take precautions, you know, for who you're around. But you don't let it stand in the way of your ministry opportunity, right? Yeah. Like we were talking earlier, you get out of your comfort zone. You do get out of your comfort zone because God will always bring you out of your comfort zone. That's right. I was talking to Francie earlier uh, because she hasn't been on the radio show before, and I was just telling her, you know, you that she was right. You need to step out of your comfort zone. And uh, we were talking about Moses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moses said, in a essence, he said, uh, Sure, you got the right guy. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to go. I'm not articulate, da 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 da, da and all mm-hmm. those type of things. And so the Lord is always used to our excuses. And the funny thing is, after you've walked with the Lord a long time, maybe sometimes even a short time, the one thing that you realize is that God already knows you, already knows your heart, not surprised by you. And when he asks you to do something, he'll equip you to do it. That's right. Even though you feel, and by the way, I think that is the best way to start a ministry with the idea, uh, I don't think I can do this. (laughs) Because guess what? Not only is that a good way to start, because when you don't think you can do it, then you have to rely on God. And the other part is, just for all of you people struggling right now, if you think you're not qualified, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> he equips those he calls. That's right. He doesn't necessarily call the equipped. He no. equips those he calls. Almost it never it almost seems right. like never. Yes. I mean, you might come with gifts, conversation or whatever, uh, but those are not gifts until God uses them That's for right. his glory, right? That's right. So we were talking last week a little bit about uh, volunteers and what volunteers do. And obviously, you're a volunteer in the women's clothes closet. So you work on women's clothes in the closet with women. I do. But (laughs) you go beyond that too sometimes, right? Anything I can do. And so we have a transitional house for men who are graduated our program and have uh, we they need a little more time. We have a house we call Redemption House, and Jeremy, uh, our chaplain, one of our chaplains, uh, lives out there with the guys and stuff. And so we were called uh, by, by a local real estate agent who has been very close to us and kind to us, uh, Kim Puccini, and, and she said that she had uh, talked to a friend of hers and that there was a house and we could come out and get a lot of the furniture, right? And this was a yes. upscale house, nice furniture, you know. And so we went out there, and Kim was there. Right. And I was there. And Jeremy and Eric and a bunch of people were there, right? Yes, Francie was there as well. That's where <laughs> I was going. And Francie, you were there too. Yes. Because uh, I, I looked over, I was in the kitchen putting together some stuff, and I saw you packing boxes. Yeah, I guess it was just me and the the, the mission people who worked there. Right. <laughs> so yes. I just I just asked, is there anything I could do? And Kim said, hey, 
You can come help here. So, so I did. So <laughs> when you're thinking about, well, I'd like to volunteer, but I don't really have any skill or talent. Oh, contraire. <laughs> uh, we can find some. pack a box. Matter of fact, Kim. Right. Yes. Is there a need for more volunteers? There's there's always a need for volunteers. Uh, I, th- if I could have one volunteer per guest, oh, wouldn't that be glorious? Someone who could Crowded build that relationship and, and assist them with their needs and listen to their story and hug them. Um, volunteers are Jesus with skin on. Mm. And sometimes you might be the only Jesus they meet. Mm-hmm. We have a need for volunteers to attend our our Tuesday Book of John study, um, which follows the shopping. Uh, women stay for that study and shop. So um, Christian women who want to attend that study and just befriend the ladies can be there for that. We need women to prepare the boutique for our shoppers. They come on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then our guests are served by volunteers on Tuesdays and Thursdays during our our Bible study and in our shopping and showers and hair services. So there's there's always something to do, uh, always. We have envelope stuffing on the 31st of this month that we have volunteers already signed up for. So uh, there's always there's always something for volunteers to do. So if a lady were to volunteer, now there there's qualifications, right? Oh, what are they? Yes. Well, you need to be an active member in a church, actively s- serving the Lord in your church, and an active faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, he needs to be your Lord and Savior because we are missionaries, mm-hmm. and and that's that's the calling is to be a missionary. Yeah, we're not denominational. However, you need to be a a evangelical Trinitarian believer. Believe in the inerrancy of, is inerrancy of Scripture. You need to be a believer in the fact that you are saved by grace through faith, and this not of yourself. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. That's not my opinion. That's what the Bible says. That's right. And so what we're looking for is we're looking for faithful women who love Jesus Christ are there other people out there who are kind, good, nice people? Yes, absolutely, but we're a Christian organization, and we preach the gospel message. And if the gospel message is not allowed to be preached, then we're not doing anything because we believe in it. Well, so many of us have experienced uh, a life of hardship because we, yeah. we didn't have Christ in our lives and it's it's the testimony that we've developed because we gave our life to Christ and he worked in us and that's the hope that we can share we've so many of our volunteers were involved in addictions some were on the streets uh, some some had parents who were homeless and brought them to the mission as children we've we've got it all we've got it all and and uh each one of us has the ability to connect with one of our female guests in a way that they is surprising. Sometimes it's just so close. The story is so close. It's just really neat. It's really neat to see. You know, I got to tell you guys, um, I was raised by a single mom, and 
my grandmother would come down from Canada and stay with us for six months. So she was very close to me. When I got to the mission, that's why I had this imperative to get a women's closet open. I had no ability to do it. That's where Robin came in and now you guys. I want you to know that for me, uh, if you've ever wondered, one of the reasons that I, I love to see the showers going, and well, I don't see the showers going, but you know <laughs> what I mean, uh, to know that the showers are going and that we're moving forward in different capacities. My mom, single mom, and my dad was an alcoholic. He was a professional guy, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to get hooked into all that stuff. And so uh, her struggle was her struggle. She always worked. She was a film editor, and that may seem like that's a pretty – but she struggled. She struggled with three right. boys, a single mom, you know, mm -hmm. six months out of the year she had no help with anybody. And mm -hmm. so the idea that there are women out there trying to raise children and can't even afford to go buy clothes or, you know, so many times – you get asked for things like diapers, right? Mm -hmm. And how big a deal is that, Francie? Well, diapers are really expensive. So <laughs> when they come in, they can get up to 100 diapers a month for each child. Mm -hmm. And also wipes. Because yeah. those are expensive as well. Right. Things that we might take for granted. We might complain, oh, you know, I, I'm. we've got a new child and... I'm having to spend all this money on these diapers. But first of all, that's passing. And second of all, uh, if you can say, oh, I have to spend all this money on it, at least you're not in the position saying, I don't know what to do. I can't afford to buy any, right? Mm -hmm. There's also a hygiene closet, too, that where you can get shampoo and brushes and combs. And, yeah, well, you tell know, me about that. I mean, it's not just brushes and combs, but... There's other hygiene products that, that yeah, you there's guys carry. all that a woman pretty much needs. Which is what hard so to do when you have yeah. no money, right? <laughs> yeah, all of that. It's hard to to keep that. Yeah, or even worse, out on the street. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and if you don't think that the ladies, you know, mm. I know that it's a there's a tendency to drive by and think, oh, you know, those people don't care about their hygiene. Well, first of all, that's not true. Mm -mm. Uh, there are people that don't care about their hygiene. Yeah. But how many of the women want to be clean and want to? I don't see a woman say she does not want hygiene. She always wants it. She always wants what we have to offer for them. Right. Soap, conditioner, you know. They want to They want to be clean too. Sure. Pretty much anything that our listeners would use to get ready for their day is what we provide in our clothes closet from hairbrushes to toenail clippers. And, and, and it's all donated things. We have great donors. Um, if you're looking to donate to our clothes closet, I would check out our wonderful UGM website. Uh, we have needs lists there. Of a lot of ladies and gentlemen like to have a needs list. What is the need? So we put that there. We're on social media as well. Now I have a story about it. The diapers, I was speaking to one of the homeless guests who was staying in her car with, uh, I think she had three children at the time, no. and I asked her, um, what's the hardest part? 
and she said it's it's the bathroom part when you have little kids it's oh, in the bathroom part how do you pull them out of the car on a dark street so they can go potty in the middle of the night mm. Uh, so in the cold, in the cold, uh, we're in the, in the danger, uh, in the danger for sure. And yeah. uh, you know that we we are blessed. If you have a roof over your head, you are blessed. Absolutely, you are blessed. You know, my mother was in tears many nights because she did hardly. She she was running low on money and right. she was behind on something and she was working hard and putting in overtime. But we always had a home. That's right. You know, it wasn't always our house. It was an apartment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we always had something. And, uh, it, you know, her struggle penetrated so deep into my heart that when I had kids, man, I would have gone to work dying just to make sure I could mm-hmm. keep them in, in uh, clothes and all that kind of stuff. And they never were wanting of anything but how heartbreaking it is when you see a woman who and many of the women who are like like kim was saying living in a car are not the ones that would you would consider chronically homeless Mm -hmm. they are circumstantially homeless yes they lost a job and then they lost their apartment and now it's even harder to get a job because you don't have a place Right. I, I've, I've met women who um, have lost their husbands and had no family. And uh, there's, there's so many different scenarios and stories out there of how and why they end up out there. And I want you to know, listeners, there are homeless fathers out there as well. There are. And we do help them mm-hmm. through our women's clothes closet. Um, I've had appointments for teenage girls to come in after school because their father couldn't come and get their items for them. Um, and uh, at the VOA, the Volunteers of America, Family Housing Next Door will contact us and say, I have a father with a two-year-old and he needs items. So I can put together a list and hand it to Francie and she goes to town and and uh, we tag team it. Yeah. Put it's, it all together. It's so important because we don't think of that. We don't think of homeless fathers. But there are homeless fathers there trying are. their very best to keep their families together. A lot of times not not wanting to go on social service because they don't want to lose their children to, you know, CPA. And right. so there is a million stories out there. That's why when people ask me, what can we do to end the homelessness? And the reality is you can't do, you can't end it. But you can alleviate here and there and try to do the best you can. But the reason you can't end the homeless situation is there isn't one answer to it. There's a plethora of answers. And some we don't surprise you because you you don't even know that that's out there existing, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so when you have a woman that's in crisis, how much violence is there that you see? Um, most of the time, it's not in the closet. Because no, 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 I get it. <laughs> the best thing is is that when they're in there. They feel comfortable. They feel loved. Safe. And we're and safe. Yeah. 
They do. We're, we do our very best to make sure that's what, how they feel. But you do come across women that sometimes have this, you know, you just, just by looking at them and just a little word of kindness just brings tears to their eyes and makes them feel, you know, like somebody cares about what their situation is like. And that's where one-on-one with each woman is a really important thing. There's so much domestic violence there with is. the women. Um, there's a, a lot of, but yeah, sure, there, there are a lot of women out there who are struggling with addictions, but there are so many more struggling with domestic violence of some kind. Or not even domestic violence, street violence. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's that as well. Uh, yes. Quite a bit of that goes on if a woman is out there and she is not part of a group or something. She is fair game, and by fair game, I that's a wrong word because there's nothing fair about the way that's that true. they are treated out there. Is you it, know— Because a woman is homeless and even on drugs doesn't mean that she should be physically attacked by some guy out there or numerous guys out there. And we shouldn't have less compassion for the the woman in the park walking down the street than we do the woman who gets dragged into the bushes on on the street who's living in a tent. Right. And there's a lot of it goes on, and I don't think we really identify that very well. No, and there is no loyalty on the street. Mm -hmm. They can be part of a community, but the community can turn on them in a dime. I heard about that today. Yesterday, a woman came in. She just had underwear on and a shirt and socks. Um, She said, uh, for some reason, they don't like me anymore, and they're taking my stuff. So. Well, it, that happens all the there. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they yes. call them robbers. They rob from each other. Yeah, so. and so not to mention the fact that there's a lot of institutions out there where women go for help and they get abused there too. Yes. I can guarantee you that's not happening on our campus. That's not happening there. Because no. uh, our ladies, our guys, everybody on that campus tries to keep an eye out our showers are self-contained, so they don't need. They can change right in the showers, but right. we had specially built privacy barriers, mm-hmm. so as a double precaution. So, um, guys, thank you so much always for donating. Uh, yes, we've got about two minutes left. Is there anything you guys would like to say to our folks out there? Just volunteer. It's it's a it's it's a way to show your father how much you care about others. Amen. It really is. And we're going to try to watch over you when you're at our place too, right? <laughs> yes. We just we have Bobby. <laughs> we got <laughs> by the way. And I, Rudolph. And he, Rudolph. He came in and helped us a couple times today. Rudolph is awesome too. Yes. Yeah, and uh you know what uh, Steve Jarrett is keeping his eye out too. Oh, yeah. Uh, we we have some great, great big brothers. Yes, we do. <laughs> and uh, everybody watches out for everybody. Though. Yes, it's, they really it's do. Danny and David. It's a very good place. Yeah. I'm so blessed to have met you all, and just well, we're grateful. I, too. I'm grateful to God that He brought me to you. So, folks, if you do want to volunteer, get a hold of uh, Kim and. 
So I can only tell you that uh, it is an amazing place to be, and you have to really experience it, and you have to experience it for a while to see what goes on there. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot. So as always, my dearest friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.